What's up, ninjas? Chris Wachowski here. And I'm Alex Cunningham. Today we have a very special podcast for you. We're going to be giving you an introduction to our NNL Season 4 podcast. That's right. All this season we're going to get to know some of the top NNL athletes as well as some of the top ninjas from around the world. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from all the different ninjas about how they train, what they think of the community, who their favorite ninja is, and all that fun stuff. And it's going to be such a great time, but for this first episode, we want to get you to know a little bit about the history of the NNL, as well as we're going to interview each other, get to know a little bit about each other. I'm excited to hear your story, Alex, because I feel like you have a really unique story. And I'm excited to hear yours, because you're actually a ninja. Anyway, let's (laughs) talk about the history of the National Ninja League. I wrote down some questions, pretending that I don't know the answers to these. The NNL, is it for kids, adults, just pros? Who gets to be in the National Ninja League? Well, I feel like that's a tough question because the National Ninja League has so much going on. We have the elite level comps that uh, most people have come to know and love that are really geared toward the uh, ninja that trains and competes regularly. And that's for all ages. We have it from kids all the way through adults. But then we also offer stuff like our rec season that's for people that are just getting in, like, into the sport for the first time. And uh, that's what I really love about what we're doing at the National Ninja League is we're trying to provide something for everybody. Because when you look at traditional sports like soccer, hockey, football, all of those sports, there's the basic level where you can get involved, you can do it for fun. It's something that you don't need to be an elite tier athlete for. But then they, those sports also have the elite competitions. They have the AAUs. They have the national associations. And that's really what we're trying to do here over at the National Ninja League. So how old do you have to be to be a member of the National Ninja League? So our youngest age group starts at six. And we have age brackets that go roughly every two years all the way up into adult range. Now, the adult range covers 18 to 39. And then we also have a master's division for people that are over 40 that want to get involved. Where can people participate in the National Ninja League? So we have events all over the world, actually. We're currently in five different countries, including the U.S. And you can find events or qualifiers in any one of the regions in the U.S. You just said regions. What does that mean, region? Like, am I only allowed to participate in one region? So the regions are a new concept that we developed at the NNL. Competitors can float freely through the regions during the regular NNL season. Now, during the rec season, we limit competitors to gaining points within a specific region because we want to grow the sport organically and locally. For the uh, national season, the the regular NNL season, if you will, uh, the points are going to be on a national base. So you can gain points in uh, Texas the same that you can gain them in New Jersey. If you gain points in New Jersey and then go back to Texas, your points will still carry over. The regions is was developed just to offer more opportunities for athletes to compete. When we've been looking at comp data over the past couple of years, we've seen a trend in growth where there are more ninja gyms in an area. A prime example of that is the New England area. New England has two or three of the highest rated comps in terms of like a participation in the entire country. And they also have the most saturated area in terms of gyms. So it's, it seems that there's a, direct correlation between increased event participation and increased comps. So what the NNL board did is we got together and we divided the country up into regions so that each region can host a specific number of comps. That way, the uh, Southwest, where there's not as many gyms, you can have more 
competitions at that, you know, gym so that there's more opportunities to compete. There's more opportunities to qualify and it gets closer to equal to the Northeast where there are so many comps and there's so many opportunities to qualify. How do you sign up for one of these competitions? So our website has all the comps listed. It's nationalninja.com. And athletes can go there and see, you know, what events are coming up, see what events they want to sign up for. It's divided by region, so it's very easy for you to find uh, what event you're looking for in your area. And also, there's been a lot of questions. Uh, I know that I've seen a lot of questions about people asking for, like, a master schedule. Uh, we'll probably release some type of Excel sheet or something easy that competitors can download so they can see all the events at once. But there will be somewhere posted where you'll be able to see all of them regardless of region. Very cool. And what does this all lead to? Like, is there a finals or a championship at the end of the season? Yeah, so that's my favorite part about the, the National Ninja League season is our world championship at the end of the season. So all these qualifiers are happening all around the globe and there are athletes that are qualifying for this big, huge event. And then what happens is all these athletes come together from different backgrounds. There's people coming from different parts of the U.S. There's people coming in from Japan, Taiwan, Australia, Barbados, and, and they're all qualifying for this championship where they compete to see who the best ninja is in the entire world. That sounds like a super cool event. I know a lot of people are going to want to see this. How do they watch it? So we've done live streams the uh, the past two years. Well, technically all three years. Uh, Hello, but... I, I did the first one. <laughs> yes, we did have a live stream going. I remember, if I remember correctly, it cut in and out, but we still had the live stream, correct? I mean, it worked. The audio didn't work for like the first two waves, but I mean, it, it worked eventually. So we basically we've had a live stream that has improved over the years. Uh, last I year, how it is? <laughs> uh, not to discredit yours, just you know there was a live stream with commentating and sound versus no sound at all. It's 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 gone up just a little bit over the years. Very well. Uh, do they get to watch the qualifiers as well? So you'll be able to watch the qualifier live streams on Facebook. We typically stream directly to our Facebook page, and it's just like a basic live stream. You have a phone, and you follow the athletes. So you'll be able to see athletes running on the course. You'll get to see the obstacles. You'll get to see some of your favorite ninjas. But the thing that I'm most excited about is the finals live stream. A lot into that. You're talking commentators. You're talking... Uh, Last year, we had the benefit of having NinjaWorks work directly with us to provide cool little graphics, if you will, that showed, you know, how the athletes were doing. And Alex, you actually got to be a part of that um, that experience. What was your experience like from your side talking, you know, on the live stream? You know, I always have so much fun at the World Championships. Uh, I've had the pleasure of going to two of the three of them, and I've done commentary both times. It is so much fun because all of the ninjas are just super nice and it's sort of like our burning man, so to speak, in our sport, where, you know, we have a big television show and they have their big championships, but we have our thing and all the ninjas come together on their own will, not because a television contract told them to. And it's just really special because you get the most passionate athletes, you get the best athletes, and you get the most passionate fans. And it's so awesome. If you ever get the chance to come out to one of our world championships definitely do it's so much fun yeah and i really think that's what it, you know is my favorite part about the world championship is there's there's no obligation it's just these athletes that want to prove that they are you know the best in the world and you have so many strong athletes we've had jeff burden compete drew dreschel 
our two-time champ who's going to be on the podcast later. We've had top females like Olivia Vivian and Michelle Warnke. And the coolest part is that, you know, our world championships are live. So when you're watching it, you're watching, you know, history happening as it unfolds. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. Exactly. And you can tell it's a sport. It's not a TV show to us. This is a sport. This is a sport that we want to grow and we want to help build. And we want to give that live sports broadcast experience, just like you're watching the Super Bowl or the Stanley Cup or the NBA Finals. This is the culmination of our sport. Yeah. And I think one thing that I want to talk about regarding the sport is, you know, the governing body, because, you know, all sport they need a standard when you when you go play soccer or pick up basketball game everybody knows the rules like if you go to a court and say you know let's play five on five there's no question where the boundaries are for the court there's no question you know what's a foul what's not a foul and i think that's what the national ninja league is really striving to do is to create that gold standard to be like this is how you ninja these are the rules that go into making a ninja course a ninja course this is how you differentiate yourself from other obstacles or other obstacle races. And uh, I think the NNL board does an amazing job of, you know, fine tuning the rules so that it really highlights the sport aspect of it. And one thing I really like about the relationship that we have between the board and our facilities is that it's the facilities that get to come up with the course, the board has guidelines for them. You know, it's 10 to 20 obstacles, but, Usually the the facilities have free reign to come up with their own unique obstacles and unique courses, and no two courses are alike. Yeah, and that's one of the really tough things that we have found as a governing body. Uh, you know, both good and both tough. Tough in the sense that how do you standardize something that has no limits in terms of creativity? Because you can create obstacles out of anything. But at the same time, that need for standardization to be like, how do you, you know, define this as an obstacle versus that as an obstacle? What are good obstacles? What are bad obstacles? Because we've seen some meh obstacles over the years. And, you know, learning how each obstacle works and how you can kind of create like a broad sense or broad rules for how to create these obstacles uh, has been a struggle for us. But I feel like, you know, this past year, we've really narrowed it down and gotten that locked in in terms of, you know, creating a standard for for creating obstacles, but still offering such a range of creativity so that the gyms can go out and create these amazing new obstacles that we've seen over the years. Well, as much fun as this has been, I don't think the people want to listen to a commercial. I think they want to listen to us learn a little bit more about each other. So why don't I start with you, ask you a couple questions about you. Yeah, I'd be happy to answer anything uh, you think the listeners might want to know. Sure. So obviously you've been in the community for a long time. How did you get into Ninja? Oh, so I w- used to watch Sasuke back in the day on G4. I would watch with my brother. And I honestly raise just kind of... Raise a hand with Sasuke. Raise a hand with Sasuke. Sasuke is the, uh, you know, Sasuke Ninja Warrior is the original tournament that aired in Japan. Um, it was produced by... To- uh, was it always produced by Tokyo Broadcasting? Uh, or was it initially produced by somebody else? It was... Uh production company that did it with to- long story but it's always been on tokyo broadcasting system i don't, I don't okay. want to anger the super fans <laughs> well at the risk of angering anybody i used to watch uh sasuke when it was on g4 and i would watch the english dub version of it 
And uh, me and my brother just thought the obstacles were cool. We recreated some of them in our backyard. We had a salmon ladder uh, back before it was like a, you know, a huge thing in the U S and uh, I got involved in the sport when I saw that they're hosting uh, open tryouts. I actually wasn't old enough for the first season of uh, open tryouts. Season one, I was still under the age limit of 21. But by season two, uh, I turned 21 like a couple of days before the cutoff date. I think the cutoff was uh, June 31st, and I turned 21 on June 14th. So I just made the cutoff, and I went to L.A. and got to compete. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. The community was unbelievable. The obstacles were super fun, and I had a blast doing it. So uh, that kind of got me hooked. Kind of crazy how this sport has evolved. You know, you used to have to be 21 and fly out to L.A., now you can be, you know, six and drive half an hour to your local ninja gym to compete. Yeah, I feel like back in the day, it was such a different ball game. I used to have to explain what ninja was. They were always questions like, oh, ninja, is that kind of like wipe out? And I'd have to be like, well, well no, it's <laughs> obstacle courses, but it's not quite wipe out. I mean, yes, yeah, sometimes we, we eat it pretty bad, but uh, it, it's definitely a little bit more athleticism involved than the competitors on wipe out. And it, it's been cool to see it grow. Yeah, definitely. So you really got your foot in the door starting the Warrior Lab gym, which has since become the Movement Lab. Which yeah, throwback. Is... Not not many people know the uh, the the origins with the Warrior Lab. I feel like most people know my gyms as the the Movement Lab, M Lab, M Lab Ninja Training. Uh, the Warrior Lab was uh, was the original name, you know, circa like 2010, 2011, when when it was one of the first in the country. Yeah, so what was the process of starting that like? Because that was one of the very first ninja gyms. Well, it was it was unique because we, we kind of got lucky each step of the way. We started with just kind of like some stuff in my backyard, my backyard being mine and my brother's at my parents' house, uh, where we would have people come in and, you know, train at the, the warrior lab where we have like a salmon ladder and some ropes set up. And uh, from there, we kind of grew the following to the point where we're like, oh, wow, we should, uh, we should go into, into a gym. And we actually paired with a local CrossFit gym, which is you know, kind of bizarre thinking about <laughs> it now in terms of where Ninja is and where CrossFit is. It's not right. really a it's, – it's an interesting mix. Uh, but we, we started out there, and we were kind of doing it part-time because I was going to school at the time. And then uh, – all of a sudden the CrossFit gym is like, Hey, like, you know, we don't think you guys are a fit for us anymore. Uh, basically get out. <laughs> and at that point I had a decision to make. It was, you know, do I continue doing this and go find my own space? Or do I say, no, I'm going to finish school and you know do it that way. And I actually chose to do both. So I finished out my, uh, my college career. I graduated from Rowan university while I took the warrior lab and turned it into the, the business that it is. And lucky for me, I was a business major, so the two paths kind of coincided. That That's a super awesome story. And, you know, Movement Lab now has three facilities, one in New Jersey, one in Columbus, Ohio, and your most recent one just outside of L.A. Yeah, we've seen tremendous growth, and uh, our plan has always been to kind of like hit the key parts or what we believe are the key parts of the country and kind of get a stronghold there. And then once we get those locked in and we're coast to coast, we can start expanding around those areas and continue to develop brand recognition. So what made you want to start the NNL? It was after my Pittsburgh season. Uh, I forgot what season it was, maybe a seven. It was seven. I was there. Shout seven. out to Pittsburgh. Shout out to Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, after that season, uh, I had a rough season super well. 
And I had a lot of free time on my hand because I wasn't prepping for Vegas or anything. And I, I thought to myself, you know, this is such a cool thing that we have going on. Why do we only need to do it once a year? I mean, like, yeah, there were some local comps and, you know, things were kind of happening. But I felt like there was a need to have something something bigger, bigger competitions year round, something that people can train for, something that links us all together that's really going to connect the community. And what I did was I reached out to all of the different gym owners that were involved in the sport at the time, like some of the big names, you know, Drew Dreschel, the uh, Alan Keneally over at Apex. And what I did was like say, hey, we need to come together. We need to create something better for for everyone, for our athletes. We owe it to the community. And uh, that's how I formed uh, the National Ninja League Board of Directors that, you know, vote on the rules, the qualifying systems, how the comps are run. Uh, and th- those guys and girls have been amazing in developing the sport and making sure that it's really community driven and that we're doing the right things to progress it as a, as a sport. So, you know, you obviously have a lot on your plate, three gyms, the National Ninja League, and you're still training. How do you find the time to juggle all of these commitments? Well, the the gyms, I, I've been blessed and I've been lucky enough to have amazing people around me for those. Uh, my staff, my managers at each of the facilities do an incredible job. They they really do a great job of putting together the, the reports that I need, getting done the daily task, making sure that the retention is good. And, and I really lean on them to make sure that the gyms run adequately. Now for, for the NNL, that's really my main gig. And and there, I've I've also received a lot of help. Y- you in particular are, Thank you know. You. One, I, I was about one, to say, I, I better be getting a shout out here. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, you're going to make the shout out. Uh, I've had great people like Alex over here that have been able to handle, uh, you know, some of the, the important tasks so that it frees me up to make sure that I can, you know, look at the bigger picture issues. Uh, and that's really what I've been doing with uh, with both positions is, you know, making sure that I look at the bigger picture issues and I can steer the ships in the right direction. Uh, and then training wise, um, I'm not a huge advocate of spending a ton of time in the gym. I feel like the most you need is like an hour per day. If that, uh, you know, any more than that might be a little bit in terms of overtraining, but, uh, but for the most part, I try to get an hour in when I can. And my last question, we talked a little bit ago about how the Ninja gym ownership community used to be a very tight knit group. There didn't used to be, you know, gyms in every major city except pittsburgh (laughs) not that i'm bitter or anything so obviously the sport has grown leaps and bounds in the last couple of years where do you see it in another couple of years like where do where do you want to see this sport where do you want to see this league you know that's a great question i think all businesses should have that you know three-year plan the five-year plan and the 10-year plan and, you know, looking immediately down the road, uh, you know, we want to continue to, you know, grow the number of comps. We want to increase the access to Ninja. I feel like right now, outside of the rec league, Ninja is, uh, there's kind of a high barrier to entry to it. So, you know, within the immediate couple of years, what we want to do is we want to decrease that barrier. We want to increase the number of recreational comps. We want to increase the total event participation. And we want to grow that base. Uh, right now, you know, the number in terms of ninja participation don't compare to that of gymnastics or climbing or other traditional sports and i think the goal for the next couple of years is to uh is to get it to that level and increase that that participation while at the same time continuing to grow the elite or the pro 
aspect of it as well, because right now we have some, you know, we have one really cool comp a year that we live stream and it's, it's an amazing event and, you know, sees worldwide participation, but I kind of want to grow those number of events so that we can see, you know, more cool events. There's more opportunities for people to watch the Drew Dreschels of the world and to see them, you know, showcasing their skills and talent. So, you know, in the next, you know, three to five years, that's what we're looking at is, you know, that increased participation and that increased growth in the pro aspect. Very cool. And I can't wait to see it grow. But in the meantime, we have to move the awkward cloud to me. Yay. Yes. And I, I am beyond excited because I feel like not a lot of people know, know Alex Cunningham. They, they, I mean, that's he, probably they, for the best. <laughs> no, no. I, I feel like you have a very unique ninja story. And I feel like people would be curious to hear it because, you know, your background isn't in athletics or, or, or ninja. You came into the world a, l- a little bit differently. So, you know, what, what, was your, what was your first experience with ninja? What, like, what drew you into it? Actually, funny you mentioned that. My first experience with obstacle course related things wasn't even with Ninja Warrior. It was with a show called Viking. It was on ESPN2. Back in like 2006, so it's crazy to think that this has been half my life now, but it was sort of like Ninja Warrior. They had the, you know, four stages, but it was a lot different. It was pirate-themed, and it had some of the same people, so the top athlete on the show was Makoto Nagano, who was the top athlete as well on Ninja Warrior, so I looked up his Wikipedia page one day, I'm like, I'm going to learn more about him, and it said at the very bottom, because this is right when it started airing on G4. Nagano is also one of the two champions of the Japanese game show Ninja Warrior. I'm thinking, there's another one? That seems interesting. And then it took over my life and the rest is history. That's interesting that you saw Viking first, because I happen to also be a fan of Viking. Hey. But I didn't see, I didn't see it until after, after Ninja. There are two uh, of us. I know, but I... I did, I remember one of my favorite things from Viking was they had a massive pegboard that said Viking and had these super long pegs that I remember Makoto Nago just like dragging in and out along the entire Viking side. It was just <laughs> so cool. So when are we going to get a National Ninja League pegboard? <laughs> I, I feel like if <laughs> we have the, the Mike Needham version with the, the peg maze, he, he just needs to write out NNL or National Ninja League. Yeah, that, that might take up a lot of space. <laughs> Just a little bit. Maybe yeah. one day we'll have the budget for it. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we could do the logo. We could do the little trace of the logo that we did. There we go. From there CrossFit. we go. <laughs> if you could name all of the Shield logos, like I feel like the list goes on and on. There's CrossFit. There's NFL, which was the actual inspiration for the for the NNL logo. There's like Reebok something or other. There's the the American Ninja Warrior Shield now. Everybody's got a shield. It's it's just the it's the in thing to do. Okay, okay. <laughs> now I feel like people want to know like what else have you done with Ninja? You talked about like, stayed around Ninja for quite a bit now. Like they don't really know your history or the things that you've done, you know, with Ninja over the years. All right. So I always kind of wanted to get my foot in the door. Like I was, you know, doing the spider walk in the hallways at school, and. I eventually found in 2014, uh, Michelle Warnke, who we're going to be talking to in a couple episodes, she was having a competition out in Columbus at a rock climbing gym. And I'm like, all right, I'll go check it out. And I sent her a message on Facebook thinking, 
Uh, you know, maybe she'll say, okay, you can come watch, just stand in the corner, don't talk to anyone. But she says, no, come on, you know, have dinner with us, play laser tag with us. And I'm thinking, what kind of contest did I win that I get to hang out with these people that, you know, I consider my heroes? And now a lot of them I consider my friends, and it's just so weird how this all happened. But, you know, I just kept getting my foot in the door, like I live streamed a couple competitions for you back when there was a pro and w weekend and i blue screened your computer and you were lucky enough to give me a second and third and fourth chance but uh so actually i do have a lot of experience in live streaming i live streamed my high school's football games back when you know there was no facebook live we had to do it on you know ustream.tv or whatever Back when, like, six people watched live streams online, and now they're, you know, hundreds of thousands. But, you know, I really just wanted to do as much as I can because I really enjoy this sport. I'm not particularly athletic. You know, I, I wanted to do something that I was good at and that I could help with. And, you know, honestly, I kind of like being a behind-the-scenes ninja. I don't need to be one of the top ninjas in the world and yeah i go swing around the playground sometimes but you know i'm i'm happy doing what i'm doing well i feel like not not enough appreciation goes into the behind the scenes because there's so much involved in ninja you know national ninja league especially that happens behind the scenes that produces what everybody sees and loves i mean you know they watch the live stream with drew dreschel and they see drew doing amazing athletic feats but there's so much that goes into producing that event, producing that live stream, making sure that the rules are locked in. And it's people like you that really run the Ninja community. Right. We had a huge staff at the World Championship. The Ninja Quest staff did such a great job. They were there, you know, 20 plus hours a day for the whole week, getting all the obstacles set up, doing a lot of testing, making sure everyone was following the rules, doing all the live stream uh, Nate at Action Athletics hooked us up with a great setup. Carl at Ninja Works did such a great job. We had a great commentary team, I felt like. And, you know, it does take a village to raise a competition, so to speak, to steal a phrase, I guess. But it, it takes a lot of people to get this set up. And, you know, I'm happy to be one of them. And I'm happy to, you know, contribute to the community any way I can. Yeah, we're, we are definitely happy to have you. And I think it's cool for people to hear your story and to know that there's other ways to get involved in the National Ninja League other than just competing. But I do have to have to bring it up. You did compete in your first competition recently. Uh, first in a long time. That? First in a long time. Um, oh, first in a long That's correct. That's correct. First in a long time. Um, it was the, the MLAB Ohio Rec Comp. So... Let's start with how did you prep for it? How, how did you how did you get yourself ready for it? Because like you said, first in a long time. What did you do to get ready? So honestly, unfortunately, there's no ninja gyms here in Pittsburgh. So I have a playground at the end of my street. If there were no kids on the playground, I'd go and swing and do laches and try to do obstacles. And then eventually I just started making, you know, mini courses, started to string things together. And about how long do you think you uh, you prepped for it? Are, are we talking like, you know, you did it like a few days before? Or are we talking like weeks or months here? Uh, I mean, I started, you know, consciously thinking about it about two months before. But I think I really started to take it seriously about two, three weeks before the competition. 
Nice. Yeah, that sounds like most ninjas. I feel like they'd argue that, you know, the couple weeks before they'd start getting a little more serious about it. Now, how did you how did you do when you showed up at MLab? Well, my goal was 7 out of 10. I got 7 out of 10, just not the 7 I expected. So oh, the, really? <laughs> the second obstacle was a campus board. So for those not familiar, you get on a wooden plank. And this is, you know, pretty easy campus board. So, you know, you get the little overhang. And it's really easy to grab onto, but you have to pull yourself up these wooden planks with only it's, your arms. You know, you it's can't... hard. It's, it's one of my favorite training tools because it's a really difficult obstacle. It, it is really difficult at first. And, you know, there were a lot of moves up and a lot of moves down. So as I'm going through the course in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through the steps. I'm going to hop on one pull, jump off go to the next obstacle, save some energy. And so I get on the campus board, I do a pull, I do another pull, I do a third pull, I do a fourth pull. I'm like, holy crap, I'm almost there. <laughs> so I pull, do a fifth pull, barely grab it. And you know, at this point, everyone's shouting, come on, Alex, you can do it, because they can see I'm you know, really struggling on this. I'm like, well, I can't let them down now. So I get up to the top, coming down isn't so hard. Very end, I'm feeling like I'm slipping, but I'm like, you know, I might as well just go for it. Grab the last one. I'm like, I'm going to slip. I'm going to slip. Just grab it. Close my eyes. I hear it clear. And I'm like, wait, I did it? <laughs> okay. So I, at that point, had burned all the energy that I was expecting to use. Um, there was a ring swing that wasn't too hard. Uh, the balance obstacle was really easy, but I got nervous and slipped because my legs were shaking. Well, but I mean, it was That's a first such time a common experience. thing. Yeah. Ask any ninja; they are always, present company included, always afraid of the balance <laughs> obstacle. Yeah, I, after the competition, first tried it, just casually walking across it, so I felt really embarrassed. But there was don't, a. Don't. We we have all been there. <laughs> Every one of us has fallen the balance obstacle and been like, "Why? Why today?" Right. There was a rock wall that I wasn't so sure of, but I'd actually just been rock climbing with a couple friends a few days before. There's a really good climbing gym down here in Pittsburgh, and I really don't think I would have got it without their help because they were giving me a lot of advice, which speaks to how great this community is. Um, I'm sure I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I love being a part of this community. You know, usually in the communities, you know, you get some nice people, some not so nice people. Really, I can count. I, nobody even comes to mind that I've had an unpleasant experience with in this community. Everyone is super nice and super supportive. And unlike a lot of individual sports, everyone wants each other to succeed. Like one of my favorite moments is at this year's world championship. Um, Drew was in first place going into the last run. And he's yelling at Jake Murray, who's the last runner. Hey, you better beat me. You know, I didn't get very far. Please beat me. It's like, there's a lot of money on the line here, and you're asking this guy to beat you. And he, you know, went around and carried the chalk for him, and it was, it's just so cool to see this community being so supportive and so helpful. Yeah, it's it's really, really amazing what the community does for each other, and it's so cool. And I think that's actually a, a nice segue into to my next question. You know, we're going to have a lot of these community members and top athletes on the show this season, you know, for the interview. Who are you most excited to interview this year? You know, I'm going to give a little interesting answer. I'm going to say Michelle because I've always been pretty close to Michelle. You know, she got me my first, so to speak, start in the community. So 
I feel like we haven't really had a lot of chance to just sit down and talk about ninja training and just life in and out of ninja. So I'm really looking forward to picking her brain a little bit. See, I, I, I think that's a perfect one for you, especially like proximity and, you know, you're right. Michelle. Right. Um, I'm a little biased. I talk to Michelle all the time for the M lab right, Ohio exactly. stuff. So I, I'm not as excited to chat. I'm still excited, but not right. as excited because we, we have many training conversations and we talk about what we're doing, uh, being part of the lab rats. We'll actually trade videos back and forth to see, you know, who's doing what and, you know, where we're at speed or talent wise. Um, so the Michelle one, I feel like I, I know, I know what she's going <laughs> to say training style wise. I, I already know it before she even talks. Uh, the one I'm most excited for is the Jeff Britton one. Mm, yeah, that's going to be fun. Here's a man who just, just fell short of a million dollars by, you know, a couple of seconds. He went into the NNL. He won the first NNL. He impressed me a lot with his ability to adapt uh, because that season one, I threw, I threw a good amount of parkour type obstacles. There was a tricky trampoline jump. There was a tricky wall run obstacle, large cat leap. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't think Jeff was going to get by and he was able to get by and he, uh, he won that comp and then he pretty much disappeared from the sport. He, in my eyes is, you know, one of the few people that I think could give Drew Jeschel a run for his money as one of the, the greatest in the sport. And I'm really curious to hear what he has to say. Yeah, Jeff has technically never been beaten in NNL because he only did the one qualifier after that, one, and then he had a commitment, couldn't make the season two finals, really hasn't been training lately. I really want to see him back on the course, see if see if he can give Drew a run for his money because we, we never really got that rematch, you know? I, w- I want to I see think, it. Yeah, I think the fans are owed it. I think they, they deserve to see you know, who the, who the greatest ninja is, you know, they, they both have a ton of talent and a ton of ability, but you know, who's going to be the strongest. We'll we'll see. We, there's only one way to find out. And I'm excited to hear who Jeff thinks is the strongest because we've been asking. Ooh. Yeah. I think we're going to ask most of our, most of our interviewees who they think is the top ninja. And I'm curious who Jeff will say. That's going to be interesting because, you know, Jeff comes from a climbing background, so he could very well say one of his fellow climbers. And there are a lot of very strong climbers, Uh, Brian Arnold, Josh Levin, Ian Dory. There are so many good climbers in this community, but maybe he'll pick a parkour guy. Maybe he'll pick Drew. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I'm excited for the the entire season. Of course. So how do we tell people to watch? What, what are we telling people? Are we telling people to go right to our website? <laughs> sure. Uh, NationalNinja.com. And I always meticulously update our Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com slash NationalNinjaLeague. If you ever get a nice comment, that's from me. And one, one thing I like to do, if you ever tag the National Ninja League in your post, usually I go and leave a message of encouragement. So make sure you do that. That helps us out as well, you know, spreading the word about our league. And we're on Instagram. And I actually like, I like, I scroll through and look at all the, the Instagram tags of National Ninja League or watch the, uh, the videos that people are posting. Uh, that's how I see a lot of the rec comps and I see the training that people are doing. So definitely keep tagging us. I, I look forward to seeing those tags. Yeah, we're at National Ninja League on Instagram as well. So make sure you uh, tune into all our social medias. We have an email list. You can sign up on the website to get onto our email list. We are going to start sending out an email every week to uh, keep you guys updated. And of course the Ninja lab podcast, that's 
where you can hear our lovely voices. Yep. And uh, next week, uh, Jeff Britton will be joining us. So we'll get to talk to Jeff. The first male NNL champion is going to be our first guest. I am so excited to talk to Jeff. I know a lot of the fans want to hear what he's been up to these last few years. And if he's going to come back to the sport, you know, we all want to see him. But, you know, it's his life. I know he's got the the, the, uh, Ninja Nation stuff going on. That's right. They're they're joining the end and now. That's right. So I I think we could see a comeback. But uh, I think we're going to have to wait and hear, hear from Jeff himself. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. I'm already starting to think of a lot of good questions to ask him. And I know you guys are going to really love what we come up with. Definitely. Well, tune back in. We look forward to seeing everybody next week. Yep. See you next week. See you next week. Peace out. Bye.